And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. It seems only fitting that in a year where we were all so cruelly robbed of the preseason that we all so desperately love, and I would say need, that we are still getting a preseason game after all for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just coming in week 17, baby. The Chiefs have nothing to gain, nothing to lose. So, any given Sunday, this given Sunday, Chiefs Chargers, a good number of players for both teams are not playing in this game. Who's excited for week 17? Woo! I I mean, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Nate brought the energy down um, quickly. Chad Henney rides again, my friends. <laughs> Henney, Kevin, Sunday. I'm excited for I'm excited for Henny. You know, the one thing about this is, you know, you get a chance to see players that you normally mm-hmm. wouldn't see. And they're they're all the players that people think would be better if they were just given a chance to start. And and if they perform well, it'll add to the cacophony of 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 calls. For these players to start more, it's going to be fun. Uh, it'll be really nice to watch a Chiefs game and not care even a little whether they win or lose. And not in like a bad way like happened in 2012. Right. But like at that point, I was like actively rooting for them to lose. And then the draft happened. And as much as I love Big Fish, it's like a left tackle, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, Remember, Andy Reid uh. showed up at the combine in 2013 and was like, "Oh dear God, I need a. I we ain't <laughs> drafted anybody in this draft class. Get me on the phone." Yeah, he he he. I don't know if he was, you know, if maybe they were scouting Patrick Mahomes in uh, in <laughs> high school at, at that, that point, and we're like, great someday. <laughs> Hey, hey, you know what? There's a newsletter out there that broke down Patrick Mahomes' high school tape, and it is phenomenal. Yes. So that's a whole other ball of wax. But I, I, I'm excited. It'll be fun. And also, yeah, it's been kind of a stressful last few weeks. The Chiefs don't play a football game that matters for, I mean, you get this week, and then you get the bye. For mm-hmm. three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And like, I just... I'm so curious about the game plan. I wonder if, if Reed's just going to hand it off to the enemy and just be like, dude, I'm studying the playoff teams. That's all I'm doing. Mm. So it, it, it's exciting. I, I'm, I'm here for it. Darwin Thompson season. Sorry. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, actually. What do you think? What do you think, Nate? What's, what's, your, what's your headspace right now? It, it would be amazing if, like, you know, I, I'm assuming CBS has this game. It would be amazing if CBS was like, and just uh, in case you missed it, Andy Reid is um, lounging in the suites <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnuolo, Mike Kafka, and Dave Tobe uh, are running the team as if it was like you know JV football. And the the man who makes all the decisions now is Eric Bieniemy as his you know final you know regular season game as as, as Chiefs offensive coordinator. It, it, I mean that's not going to happen, um, guys. Just to be sure, but 
it would be fun if that was the case if Andy was just like next to a, a bucket of popcorn being like, hmm, I actually like that. Okay. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> look at EB coach him up. You know, it, it, it would be fun. It's not going to happen, but what a great idea, uh, Mr. Kaiser. It, it, it would just be like, well, for one, I was due. It's been it's been a few months. Um, and for another, it would just be you know Andy has basically done everything short of screaming at people to get someone to hire Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. and that might be like his last like okay fine I am going to sit here he's got all he's going to be holding is a whiteboard that says this is not the play sheet <laughs> and he's going to be sitting on the sideline just next to Mahomes masked up. Just having a good old time, and I, I, I'm just, I'm curious what they spend their week doing. I really am, because I assume it looks like a very different week of practice. Not even like a preseason game, or maybe more like a preseason game where like you're focusing more on your install for the season than you are game planning for your opponent. Um, I, I'm so curious what this looks like, and I'm just so happy the Chiefs got a bye, guys. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that'll be good for everybody. And as we've already pointed out here, uh, Andy Reid on Wednesday gave a little bit of a look into what this week will look like. Um, Still some things that are unofficial, Nate, that I'll let you explain. I'm going to make you earn those reporter bucks today. I need you to tell me who's actually playing and who actually isn't. (laughs) But we know that it is any given Sunday this week. And then also a a couple obvious ones here and a couple of just like, hey, things you should know about here in terms of who didn't practice uh, today being Wednesday. Um, Today's Wednesday, right? Sure is. Yes. I just got got back from Vic. It's a whole deal. I barely know what month it is still. It's still 2020, right? Someone will probably tell me when it's not anymore. Two more days. Yes. Okay. As much as I would like to lie to you, it it is still 2020. (laughs) It's the year that's been a decade. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't practice today. Uh, and Sammy Watkins didn't practice today. Those, I think, were pretty obvious, although there were some early reports that Watkins' injury, his calf injury, isn't super-duper serious, which... he did. Uh, yeah, I will say about this, and I, I should have mentioned this on the previous episode. I mean, he walked off the field mm-hmm. and into the locker room basically on his own. So it's you would hope as they manage it and treat it over the course of three weeks, he should be close to 100% back. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like... Uh, it, it, it was nothing like Clyde's injury from an optic standpoint. Right. Um, and so he should be fine. Um, Andy Reid didn't really elaborate on it. But, yeah, the, the, the things that I've heard are pretty much that um, they're going to just wait until, the, obviously, the week of the game in terms of practice. And he, even if he's limited that week, that doesn't necessarily mean he won't play against whoever they play in the division round. But it was it was a situation where it was not contact so you're always worried about that. But the way he... Um, sort of walked off the field and into the locker room and everything I've heard since seems to suggest that he should be fine. And also just something like that I'm sure lots of people listening are thinking, in fairness, it's also Sammy Watkins. Not like he's not tough. He's a very tough person. I have no, con- yes. no doubt of that whatsoever. But he's dealt with a lot of injuries and especially a lot of hamstrings and calf popped up last time also. So you get worried yep. about re-injury and all that. But they don't practice today. Uh, Le'Veon Bell doesn't practice with a knee issue. Um, but then maybe most interestingly to me, and I think a really good indicator of how the Chiefs are are treating this week, and also something that I think a few people could use their eyes reopened on, Tyreek Hill doesn't practice with a hamstring, Mike Rimmers doesn't practice with a back. Those dudes played through those last week, uh, mm-hmm. but because there was a game that still mattered there. I think there, we've had a little bit of this talk last episode also where you can say, well, you know, listen, how much how much better off are they going to be 
they've already got these guys back. Does the rest actually matter here? Seeing them not practice today, I, I think is, again, a pretty good indicator of like, yeah, we can have them play through these things, but also... Mike Rimmers, Eric Fisher, uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. These dudes don't need to play more football games that don't matter at this point. That's how I'm reading it. Does that track with you, Nate? Yes, um, it does. I think um, you're going to see a lot of guys in street clothes or as many as the league will allow you. Um, and then we're going to get to the point about, you know, the second team and what you may see on the field. But all this sort of indicates is the idea that the Chiefs have earned their reward. Mm. And the more I've talked to people and the better I understand the situation is this team needs a mental break as much as that is like kind of kept quiet Mm -hmm. Um, because playing with obviously the target on your back with going through divisions that are always kind of close, particularly on the later half of the season. um, They had big matchups against the Dolphins, Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes had his worst game of the season. Last week, like, they have earned this reward, and I think Andy Reid understands that. What they mostly veteran group, they need to decompress in terms of both physically and mentally so that they are ready to go in January. I don't feel like that was um, conveyed after the game, uh, which is fine because that happens. You, know, you hear things, you know, hours after games or whatever, but I do think they de- this group needs a mental break and a physical one before they go on. Honestly, the 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 the, the most difficult journey um, of their time together. I, I yep. can't really overstate that. Like whatever happens in January is probably going to be harder than it was last year, which is saying a lot, given they were down <laughs> by double digits in each of the playoff games. But I just feel like trying to repeat as champions um, the second time is usually the harder journey. Um, even if we think they have the most talented roster when healthy. Seth, what do you I think about with, that? I, I, yeah, I, I agree with every word he said. Sometimes Nate has such good takes that I'm just like sitting here nodding. I'm like, yeah. yeah no, I get that. I, that's that's most of my job on this podcast, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think that they, they do need a break. Um, I'm guessing with this team, it probably won't be a long one. But there's something to be said for just like, hey, everyone, Take it, take, take one day and don't do anything football related. Just get out of here. Just whatever. Two days, three days, whatever they decide to do. Um, I know some coaches have, they'll give players like, you know, three days off during a bye week um, or whatever, you know, to go travel, which is a little less of an option right now, obviously. So I'm curious what they do. I do think you need a break. They are coming off a crazy tough stretch. If I hear one more person mention close games, without referencing that two of them were against Super Bowl contenders, another one was against the playoff team, and two more were against right. division rivals, I'm right. going to freak out. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and again, in a team that basically said, oh, this is this is our bowl game, our Super Bowl, our, like, who we play next week don't the, even matter. We the played a role kitchen, That was the, the, the kitchen sink game for the Panthers. People forget that. I forgot it. I was re-watching it. I was like, holy crap, they did everything. 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 <laughs> they. This was their game, and the Chiefs have been dealing with that all year. This is a new feeling, and the level of scrutiny is a new feeling. I think for Chiefs, for for players and Chiefs fans alike, I think Chiefs fans have had a tough transition into hearing their their team broken down like a Super Bowl favorite because everyone's yes. trying to find the holes. And now I got to be honest, 
I kind of understand Tom Brady with his stupid cheesy grin going, well, I know everyone <laughs> thinks we suck now. It's like, you know, <sighs> you kind of almost have to do that. Um, but I, I'm excited. It's just a shame that Patrick Mahomes isn't good anymore. You know, that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> I had an oh, actual boy. thing to add to what it says. I don't want to anymore. It doesn't matter. I don't want to get in the way no, of that. Do no, it. That should get do it. No, no. I just also, the, the only other thing from what Seth said there is also not all close games are created equal, which we've talked about on this show. Yes. That Falcons mm-hmm. game was legit close. That yes. game legitimately was in danger because, because of the ball. I've already now forgotten who didn't pull in that interception. But the, the game was on AJ that Terrell. That that game was on AJ Terrell's sticky glove, and he couldn't pull it in. Like that, actually, it actually was there. Wasn't really the case for some of the games prior, where it was you were asking those other teams to do an a, a ton to make that game actually close by the end. But anyway, um, all of that being said, I you know I think the Chiefs. I do think the Chiefs are bad at football. And uh, <laughs> as someone tweeted, I don't remember even who they tweeted it this first to, but I saw it and I couldn't help myself. I think it might have been to you, Nate. Somebody tweeted that they're that if the Chiefs keep playing like this, they're going to lose in the first round. And I just could oh, not yeah. help myself <laughs> to respond with, sir, they cannot sir. lose in the first round because they're skipping the first round. They're the only AFC team allowed to do so because of how excellent they have been at the sport of NFL football, sir. And so, you know... Tuscaloosa. That's listen. Nate's been on this for a while. It's Tuscaloosa, baby. It, it, it is. is so Tuscaloosa. It's great. And and the the thing is, you know, the scrutiny that comes with being the the clear best team in the NFL. Maybe some people would argue that the Packers might be. Um, but you you know how you know the Chiefs are probably the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's that all season. It's kind of the same reason that we know Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There's always someone else getting mentioned, and the Chiefs. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe it's the the Packers instead of the Chiefs. Before that, well, maybe it's the Bucks instead of the Chiefs. Well, maybe it's the Saints instead of the Chiefs. Maybe it's the Ravens instead of the Chiefs. Maybe it's the Bills instead of the Chiefs. Which, by the way, they beat all those teams. Mm-hmm. I, it is something that I really do think is getting undersold. How prepared for the playoffs the Chiefs' schedule made them. Mm-hmm. They played every AFC contender and a except, couple of NFC contenders. Yeah. Except, except for the Steelers, who, you know... Say what you will. I they said are in the they playoffs. played they every the- AFC contender. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I just I watched Big Ben throw a football, man. And Look, we have we have friends in Pittsburgh, Seth. <laughs> I know we do, and I feel you know what you know now. Watch the Chiefs somehow lose to Pittsburgh. It, it, look, Pittsburgh could win the Super Bowl, maybe. Like, I mean, yeah, but so could the Browns, maybe. <laughs> it would surprise me. Like Big Ben has shown in the past he can go on a hot streak. I just think his arm is toast. Oh, and- all right, hold on. So let's do this. So so hold on. Just let's just play this game really quick. Let's just play this game. Uh, I'm gonna say a bunch of AFC teams. All right, sure. I'm trying to make sure, sure. I get this right. So can you know, I think there are I think there are seven teams with legit chances, or eight teams for the seven seeds right now. I believe. Yes. Uh huh. Um, both of you guys can just stop me if you think the Steelers have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than these AFC teams. Okay. The Bills. Sure. No. The Dolphins. Yes, because of a rookie quarterback and 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 a, a coach who I have a ton of respect. Still kind of my coach of the year, but. Collectively as a whole, they're doing it for the first time. Are they? Are the Dolphins starting Fitzpatrick off the bench in each game? Yeah, I think so. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> I think, okay, 
I have a galaxy brain theory about the Dolphins that'll take me 30 seconds to just whatever. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Sure. Coach of the year material. You know why? Because he's figured out how to fully unlock Ryan Fitzpatrick. He looked at Ryan Fitzpatrick's career and said, okay, this guy has been coming off the bench, playing like an elite quarterback for two or three games, or three or four even, and then when someone gives him the starting job, it all goes straight to Hades. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep bringing him off the bench over and over and over, and he's going to be awesome, and I'm going to win the Super Bowl that way. That's my galaxy brain theory on what they're doing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because you bring that man off the bench, he is Patrick Mahomes combined with peak Peyton Manning. It's unbelievable. So is that a yes for the Dolphins or... (laughs) (laughs) Um... Based on what I've seen from both teams, yes, I think the Dolphins are a little more likely. Oh, oh boy. Uh, Ravens. Yes. Definitely, right? Uh, Browns. No. No, I I don't trust Baker. No, No. but you do do trust what the the Steelers are currently packing? Well, I'm saying... I could at least rely on the Steelers' defense, and that is saying something in 2020 NFL football, but at least they're, like, competent still. I wish they weren't as injured because it would be a great matchup for any team they face in the playoffs because they they clearly have the best defense like through early November and then like week after week after week they just had another injury. Um, Bud Dupree was really important. Um, TJ White, TJ Watt, excuse me, might be AFC Defensive Player of the Year. Don't you dare bring his name up next to Aaron Donald, <laughs> folks. Um, I'm saying in the AFC, he he holding it down. He ain't no Aaron Donald. Oh, uh, so they got they got they still got talent. They still got a good coach and a quarterback that I would trust. It's just you know they they they've been dipping because they they they're banged up at their most important unit on the team, and it's not their offense. As much as I love Chase Claypool, still he doesn't he doesn't throw him the ball much. What about the Titans and Colts? Colts, no, because you know Philip Rivers is going to rip your heart out. He's I mean, so he much. Kind- Philip Rivers had such a better year than Ben Roethlisberger, though. Honestly, I know, but he looks but like, so much better. But he's Phil. But, but they were up twenty four to three. Josh, this is like he could couldn't close this is it. Like you know, Lucy's holding that football real tight this time. I don't think she's gonna yank it out, Charlie Brown. I no, not not this time. She's gonna let not you kick this time. it. How many times does Rivers have to do this before we all can just agree collectively Look. that even though he and I because of our beliefs, don't it's, believe in curses. He's absolutely the, cursed. It's not the Chargers anymore, though. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Do you want to watch Phillip Rivers <laughs> down four? Yes. No timeouts? Yes. Or do you want Baker Mayfield oh. and the Browns to end the longest playoff drought in the league? I mean, that that's your options, basically. I yeah. think, I mean, well, I should say, we should also acknowledge, if the Dolphins lose, they are basically out. Because I think the Steelers aren't trying to win on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. But the Jets weren't trying to win last Sunday either. I yeah. know the Browns had no receivers. But. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they, they were in a they were in a bit of a predicament. Yeah, for and, sure. Here's yeah. Here, here's one thing I'll say with the Colts and why I would put the Steelers just barely above them, even though I think the Colts' offense is better. The Colts' defense—they're still running a similar scheme. For as far as I I know, to what they've been doing the last several years. And the the really well-disciplined, stick-to-your-cover-two zone principles that works pretty well against most teams in the regular season, we've seen what happens to that defense in playoffs. And I, I just, I think, I think they get cut through again. 
in the playoffs. Now, to be fair, adding Buckner was huge for them. They're low-key a team that could give the Chiefs a hard time because they've got great interior pressure. Oh, and they've got this edge rusher that I was told was washed. Um, That's doing pretty well, too, there. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. So you know what? I talked myself into it. Colts over Steelers. Yes. I'm so, here's the thing. The Steelers are like fifth or sixth in the AFC right now. I think we've agreed. Like, the, I, I, it's, it is I take definitely, the Titans over them too, by the way. They are definitely behind the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, I think. Yeah. And then maybe behind the Colts, Browns, Dolphins, depending on which of us you're asking. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know how you ended up on that, on that particular tangent. But I never really know. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember how to go back to where we started from. They're just a little AFC preview for you, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I don't Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. No. Well, here, let's go. Let's, I'm just going to go to the other thing that I wanted to mention before we talk about the game coming up and then also a couple things from last week that I do think are still very interesting to kind of look back at. Maybe we'll get a little more information on this week. Uh, Daniel Popper of this very same Athletic uh, beat, uh, Chargers beat writer tweeted earlier that uh, it, that it looks like Bosa, Joey Bosa, concussion, and Keenan Allen with a hamstring, will probably neither of them will probably play uh, against the right. Chiefs this weekend. Um, safety Rayshon Jenkins up there as well. So this really is going to have some, <laughs> uh, this really is going to have some preseason game vibes, I think. Yeah. Nate, what are you, what are you seeing there between, between those two? And, and seriously, what do you think that, what do you think the Chiefs' depth chart is essentially going to look like? I mean, you, you think they're going to have as many guys in street clothes as the NFL will allow? Yes. And because of the whole COVID rules, I think you can get away with more, is my understanding. Obviously, I kind of wrote, like, you know, if you could take everybody away and you only you could only use the 47 to 48 players that are needed on the active roster for a game day, here's what it would look like. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes will be in uniform. Like, I don't – I think – Andy Reid alluded to it today that Matt Moore will probably be brought up from the practice squad. Again, you could bring more guys up from the practice squad this year um, because of all the, you know, 
uh, adjustments to the CBA in, in regards to COVID. And especially for guys who are first time, who have not been brought up this year, I think you can mostly get away with that. So Chad Henney will start. Uh, it's his first start since 2014 against the Jaguars. Little note, kind of got pulled at halftime for Blake Bortles. So clearly wants to redeem himself. Uh, Matt Moore will back him up, is my assumption, with Patrick Mahomes, you know, in a Chiefs windbreaker coat, wearing a mask. Um, here's where it gets interesting. Le'Veon Bell will probably uh, suit up, is what I imagine. Um, but he will be as emergency as you could get. Um, a lot of Daryl Williams, as I mentioned last week, Darwin Thompson, ready to shine with you all. Um, the offensive line, I think, is really interesting because the question I could pose to you guys is, is it important for Chad Henney's life <laughs> that he get Austin Ryder and Andrew Wiley and Mike Rimmers? I don't think Mike Rimmers is going to play this week. No. Or Eric Fisher, for that matter. But I do want to see uh, Yassir Durant for a game. I, w- I would really like to see that. Sure. Don't get Chad killed. Um they don't really have another tackle on the on the roster, yeah. except if you want to consider like Martinez Rankin, who I kind of finagled in there um, in my week 17 depth chart. Uh, what would you guys do, fellas, before I move to the two most important positions, uh, which is wide receiver and what they'll do at cornerback? I would I would sit literally everyone they're allowed to sit. Um, and that includes on the offensive line, because I got to tell you, I know offensive linemen often play, but I mean, and you want Chad Henney to not die, obviously. Yes. Um, yes. I'm glad that I needed to clear that up. We, we, <laughs> we're pretty sure they don't want Chad Henney to actually die. But Eric Fisher was just, you know, questionable for a game with a sore back. Now, he looked more comfortable against the Falcons, but mm-hmm. but um, if you watch his 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 set... He's still favoring his back a little bit. And you want that to get as much rest as possible. And an Eric Fisher injury would be ungood because yes. I think, you know, we all You literally have nobody. Yeah. And yeah, because I think I, I don't think Mitch Schwartz walking through that door this year. So I, I would sit as many people as they can. They need to get healthy and also give the young guys a, t- a chance to shine. Like you said, you've got more options with the COVID list. You can bring up 20 dudes instead of like, you know, you usually only had so many you can bring up. I don't know how many it is. I just said 20 randomly. I don't care about being <laughs> right. It just sounded good. Right. It just sounded great. Yeah. And so, you know, give, give guys a chance to shine that haven't. Um, and then, you know, it. everyone, you know, Byron Pringle maybe will go off for like 175 yards. Or, yeah. Or Darwin Thompson season is going to just finally take flight, um, which would be very, very nice. Because I, I think if unless he fumbles, I think they're going to give him 25 touches at least. Yeah. Um, I will say that this game is massively important for the draft class of 2018. Think about this, guys. Mm. Armani Watts, Dorian O'Daniel, like they like they need to have quality snaps. You could put the same category, or you can include him in the same category as, as someone like Colin Saunders, right? He's been inactive essentially can't, since he came back from his dislocated elbow injury. Um, he needs to have legitimate reps to understand what he is capable of mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, in terms of what comes next? I think Legereus Need will play. <laughs> I'm sorry, Seth. <laughs> like, 
I, I'm I, so. I'll, I'll give you my I, logic on this in a second, but I'm fine with that. That doesn't hurt my feelings as much as I, I think, think it's going to hurt Seth's. I, I've made the argument that Tyron Matthew should sit, but by doing that, you kind of need Dan Sorensen and Juan Thornhill to play because. Well, okay, this is very th- okay. <sighs> I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I go I, go I, for I'm, it. I'm, I'm taking this one bit here. The most interesting player from this game to me, just purely not in talent or or in how they play, but in snap count, is going to be Juan Thornhill because his snaps went way down again last week. We've yes. talked about him a ton. This week, we are going to find out what the actual reasoning has been for Juan Thornhill. Because if he goes out there and plays, and listen, I don't, did, uh, oh man, I've already, I've deleted his name from my mind. Uh, 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 Thompson, I called him at some point. Uh, Tristan, was it Tristan T- Thompson? Who Tedrick the Thompson. Tedrick Thompson, thank you. Uh, I don't know if Tedrick's Tom, I don't know if Tedrick Thompson's on a roster again somewhere or what. Yes, yes. Uh, because I would, I would make a phone call to anybody who's ever played safety. Remember Mike Brown? I'd, I'd hit him up for a second. <laughs> I would be I will be fascinated though to see if Juan Thornhill plays in this game because if he plays a bunch they are not worried about his knee they think that there is a rust issue a comeback issue a performance issue and right. if he doesn't man- play at all a managing issue yeah. right and if he doesn't play at all they're not worried about his his play level they're worried about the workload and I, I feel like we've gotten a little bit of both explanations on Thornhill yes. this year Yes, we have. Like, Juan Thornhill is clearly bought in because that's what he's supposed to do, mm-hmm. uh, obligated contractually by his employer, <laughs> to say, like, I'm okay taking a step back. I'm okay. Now, um, you know, Dan Sorensen's fine, um, although Mr. Um, Mr. Calvin Ridley really, really ghosted him mm-hmm. <laughs> in a manner that was mm-hmm. problematic. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I can't remember if Juan was actually on the field for that play or not. Um, but yeah, like I think Steve Spagnuolo has tried to, you know, get through to Juan that you didn't play in the playoffs last year. Let's just get you to the playoffs. The problem is he's a second year player and he needs more reps before the playoffs. So it's kind of a catch 22. Uh, you could sit him if you want, but Tyron Matthew is more important. He has more seniority. Um, he's played the most offensive snaps since Steve Spagnuolo has been the defensive coordinator. Um, I, I think you're right, Josh. It's, it's time to see, you know, a three safety combination of Armani Watts, Juan Thornhill, and Daniel Sorensen having to play even more linebacker type duties. If Dorian O'Daniel doesn't come back from his high ankle sprain, or how often you want to run Willie Gay or Darius Harris out there. Um, cause I'm, I'm not sure Damien Wilson's coming back for this game. Yes. He returned to practice today. That is also something of note. He hasn't practiced since the win over the Denver Broncos in early December, but he was limited today. And that sort of just gives you an idea that they're slowly ramping him up for January as well. I, I, I don't see the need to play Damien Wilson, a starter, uh, against the chargers. Um, but yeah, what, 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 what we see from Juan, even with the Chargers B team offense, essentially, I think is important. What were you gonna say about that, Seth? I heard you I heard you come up with a one Thornhill opinion. I was just gonna say that with Thornhill, I, I don't think it's that they're concerned that he's hurt. Um, but I do think it's related to to the knee and and to performance. He's just not as explosive as he was. And I don't know if that's something that's really gonna get better this year. 
Um, he might have to, we'll see, you know, someone made a really good point that I hadn't thought about a lot. People come back faster than ever from torn ACLs. Yes. And, and so we've kind of started to downplay them, but those can still be career altering injuries. Um, Jeremy Macklin was never like he was, he could fly before he, before he tore up his knee. Um, and then he became a very good NFL receiver, but he wasn't quite as fast. Mm-hmm. Thornhill, I we we've all talked about this before. That that rookie training camp, Thornhill was flying out there. Yeah, and he was he, great. And just at this point, he looks like he's about Dan Sorensen's speed. And and, and I think he's probably got a higher top gear. Eventually. Yeah, I would say he's a shade. He's a shade above what Dan can give you, max right? To max. But but that acceleration, that burst, isn't there now. I think it'll come back, and I know he'll work like crazy to get it back. But when you've had something your whole life, it changes who you are as a player. It's really hard to adjust to that, and I think that's why you've seen him get beat on some angles because you think you can do it. Because you've been able to do it your whole life. So that will be an interesting one to spot, though. Because if he plays every snap, then it does tell you it's a performance thing. Even if the performance thing is related to the injury thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I just, yes. yeah, to, to be clear and to expand on that, I, I think that any of that is going to be related to the knee one way or another. But I think it's an issue of do they think that this is something that he needs to play through slash play back from, I guess. Kind of reprove some things. Or, or just get back into the feel of an NFL game. It might be more retroactively interesting also because if if he's out there in a, in a game with no stakes or saying, hey, because of the injury, and absolutely, going back to the injury, you have not been at the level that you were previously and we want to, we're, we're going to put you out there and let you work through it in a game that really does not matter for us in any way, as opposed to what I think, I, what I remember being kind of Spags' biggest reasoning was, you know, maybe we brought him back a little too much too fast or whatever, uh-huh. um, which did correlate to all those high snap counts. That's a little dishonest if you say we brought him back too fast and he wasn't playing as well. I think instead of saying we brought him back a little too fast and we're worried about just the workload right now coming back from the injury. It, it may be a smaller distinction than it than it needs to be in terms of how much we talk about it or whatever. But I'm I'm very, very interested to see what that ends up again, looking like in terms of just how much we see Thornhill on Sunday. One other note, Tedrick Thompson is a member of the Cleveland Browns. You, wow. You, you, you can't, you can't get him back. Also, also uh, Mike Brown is, let's see here, 42 years old. So probably also <laughs> and, you not know, walking through that door. You know, Ed Reed, he's already in the hall of fame. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, you still got the ball skills, I bet. I mean, you yeah, hey, you know, there. play center field, my man. Trent um, Palomalu knows Mahomes from the Head and Shoulders commercial. Shoulders commercial, that is true. Hey, He's you know, also, also a Hall of Famer, yeah. you know. Uh, couple, Just a couple game contract. That's all right. Just a couple games. Um, I I will say. If Tony Marusa can do it. I mean. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That was all. It was, it was, it was a great, it was a great addition because, because <laughs> nothing says 2020, like, let's go hire that let's guy. Let's go hire um, that guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, the, the other position, uh, that is most notable, um, because we're going to see two players that matter a great deal to the future of this franchise. Are you ready, gentlemen? Yes. Mm, I'm ready. They gotta play DeAndre Baker, right? Right? Got right? To. Have I to. What happened? Have hey, to. Nate, this is this is a kind of a weird show. We're doing a preseason show. 
Why did they activate him from the practice squad last week and then make him an inactive for the actual game? I, what was I that? I don't know. Because he played in the Saints game, you know, a little, little special teamsy, but like he was clearly like worst case scenario. All right, man, you're gonna be you're gonna be going up against Drew Brees, you know, if if you know, say Bashar Breeland and Traverius Ward go down. Like, um, I I don't know. As uh, as our good friend Matt Derrick suggested, it was a bit weird. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so they gotta play him right. This essentially is a one game fourth preseason evaluation for the roster spot next year. I mean, I assume he'll be back. Or I mean, who knows? Um, but I thought it was a bad look for him unless something, you know. Unless, like he wasn't on the injury report, he had no illness or anything. Like I don't, I don't know. But um, if they wanted to assure him that he would be ready for this game, I could kind of see it. If you're obviously going out to try to win against the Falcons to uh, lock up the position for the one seed, I, I mean, there's a number of ways you could talk about this. Um, he should have played last week, but he'll play this week, and he should play every defensive snap available. Mm-hmm. Gives them a gives them a chance to take a look, see what things are, see how things look. It's oddly hard, given all the uh, all the angst we had about the Chiefs and the cornerback position. Yes, and I include myself in that. I mean, Josh, mm-hmm. you and I have been doing this for a long time. Like we've talked about, we've. I feel like you and I have been talking about the Chiefs drafting or trading for a cornerback <laughs> since <laughs> we started years. doing this two or Patrick three years. Patrick Peterson ago. is yes. just gonna walk through that door. Yeah, you just I keep just, waiting. Uh, I still think it would have been a good <laughs> since, move. I mean, but, honestly, since the day they traded Marcus Peters, it was like, well, they got to fill that gap somehow, right? And then they haven't. They're like, no, 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 we're good. Actually, like, okay, well, <laughs> well yeah. Right. And then, and then here's the funny thing. Right now, they're good. Like, yeah. it's hard to get on the field at cornerback for the Chiefs. Bashad Breeland can play. Charvarius Ward can play. Legarius Sneed can play. Uh, Rashad Fenton, their fourth corner, that yeah, dude can, can play. play. He's, yeah, he's a play. starter. And yeah. so they don't have any one star, although Legarius Sneed might be that dude. Um, but they, they, they're just good. It's hard to get on the field. And that's I, I'm just so curious what their self scouting does, and I know this is a completely different subject, but their self scouting during you know this kind of bye week, you know double bye week, whatever you want to call it, I'm curious how Spagnola formats his defense in the playoffs, and maybe starts thinking you know the pass rush hasn't been as good this year. Maybe we should start leaning on our coverage group a little more because those corners can play. You can trust I, I, them to get it done. Yeah, I think that's the key to the season. What you get out of Frank Clark, and can you cover your ass off for four seconds mm-hmm. when needed at the absolute most important time of the game? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that might be what it comes down to. Um. So was there somebody else you wanted to highlight in terms of yes. you're interested in? Okay, do that for me, because I there's think it might one, be someone that I want to talk. I want to ask a question about in a minute anyway. So let's hear it. There's, there's, all right, so DeAndre Baker is like top of the line, number one. We gotta see something out of this person in this game. If this is the if this is the fourth preseason game of week 17, it matters mostly to DeAndre Breaker. He number one, because obviously he was a former first round pick. Number two on my list is a is a is a podcast legend. Okay. <gasps> Sammy Watkins is not walking through that door for week is he 17. Coming back, baby? Don't you don't you tease Tyreek Tyreek Hill is not walking through that <sighs> door for on week the 17. Squad. It is time for Jody Fortson yes! to make his NFL debut. Amen. And have a day. Okay? 2021's turning it around. 
It, it, Jody Fordson, I'm calling it right now. Let's see. Seven catches for 108 yards and two touchdowns. It's Jody Fordson day. I'm going to see if I can get him in my fantasy league. I'm checking right now to see if he's available. <laughs> All I can say is, Chad, you want to keep cashing them checks, mm. not taking these hits, mm. throw it up to the 6'6 six, six guy. Yes, okay? sir. Man, I still think that he can help the active roster, and it's killing me. <laughs> 16 like, games in, and I'm still sitting here like, ah, he we got to see it. He can apparently play. He's been, uh, 32 games in, really, right? I mean. Yeah, I was last year. I was like, man, this dude moves really well for a guy well, his and size. And he's only gotten better. I remember what my eyes saw in training camp. He mossed. Tyron Matthew. <laughs> Can we get him on the field? Andy? Just let's just try it out. Like in a, against a team like Atlanta where nothing's going right. Let's just be like, hey, dude, I want you to run downfield and post up. I'm throwing you this ball. All right. This is your one yeah. shot right here. You do this, you're on the active roster the rest of the year. Here you go. I mean, it was the worst that could happen. I mean, so, the so you're looking, yeah, right. So you're looking at Miko Hardman, obviously, as your number one receiver. They're gonna sprinkle around Demarcus Robinson, but try to keep his snaps at a low number because you know he's he knows the offense. You want all four receivers to be ready to go in January. Yes, Byron Pringle um, may run a lot of crossing routes. Look out for that on Sunday, and then you know Garrick Dieter can come in and kind of fill in the slot and special teams. And I would believe that red zone. Third down, run all these nine routes in a six six body. Just, just give like, I need to see it. Okay, <laughs> like, like I am unethically emotionally invested in Jody Forson on Sunday <laughs> because again, for two years it's been pretty clear. However, they got him out of Aldosto State Division Two Power. Um, he can play, and the the thing I always like to tell fans, friends, family members. You think the NFL is hard. It is. It is the top, top, top percent. Because if you just take a look at Jody Forsen, you're like, how is that dude not a pro bowler? Because he's in like the 2% of all football players in the country. <laughs> and that is absurdly how talented everybody is in the NFL. Regardless of whether you're in the practice squad or not, regardless if you played one game, or if you're, you know, literally Randy Moss. So, like, I, I do want to see it. It bodes well for him, you know, because, you know, you can only be on the practice squad, what, two, two, three years max? Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever he puts on tape, he can then use that to get ready for next season if we assume that we'll have two preseason games next year mm-hmm. uh, instead of four. But, Josh, you you know me. Um, we've been hurt before. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to cut down day. Yeah. We cannot, we can't, we can't take this level of pain in week 17 if he's not on the active roster. I, if, I, well, he, I, you know what? I, I had really hadn't thought about this, but you're right. I mean, they're going to call up everybody they can. He does not have a game day activation yet this year. Correct. And, uh, and I just also was just reminded by looking at a depth chart that I think still Tommy Townsend's brother is on the practice squad, which is impossible to me. <laughs> Uh, but I just, I just sort of remember that that hey, is a thing. Hey, f- family and friends benefit. It, it, you know, let let that man develop on his punting alongside <laughs> his brother in a COVID time. Okay, like families need to stick together, and I'm sure Johnny Towns' 
great. I have just never seen him punt a football. So hey, we, we, hey, guys. We shall see you. I, yes. I've, I've got to go. I've got to go do my favorite radio show on 810. So I'll yeah. talk to you later. Uh, You're on with Seren, huh? Is that right? You're on Seren's show? Seth. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny, I'm Seth. Very well. How about yourself? Yeah, mute your mic, you scumbag. <laughs> He just wants to let everybody know how the sausage is made. Hey, turn off that. Hey, Seth, go ahead and mute your mic, you traitor. Seren even hosting today. Hold on. I I don't think so. I feel like Seren's out. He's all. I didn't talk to him on Monday. We think Seth knows that. (sighs) Well, I guess we'll find out later tonight. Because listen, because listen, (laughs) if somebody if I'm I'm not my favorite radio host on 810, like because Seren's there. But you know, if he, if it's gonna if I'm gonna get washed over, you know, and not for Seren, that's that's I don't take that pretty personally. I'm gonna have a hard time. I have a hard time doing this podcast with Seth again. I think. How many times can we do the bit where Seth and I are fighting? How many? Like, I, cause I feel like we've done oh, that a I bit mean, more than the Jody Fortson one at this point. I, I mean, get your bingo cards out, kids, and always put that in the center. Uh, is at some point speaking of the uh, of the that's a, that is a good line by the way and Eddie to just brush over that's a really good line. Uh, speaking speaking of the Johnny Townsend uh, practice squad spot, like Patrick Mahomes has got to get Jackson the Theonosis Atenkumpo deal right at some point or or like Seth Curry. Hey, you got you got to have. Didn't you- at one point I'm a Suns fan, and so this this has to explain a lot about me. I'm pretty sure at one point. <laughs> Uh, they had Goran Dragic's brother um, trying to like figure it out with Goran. I can't remember where. I, I feel like he might have been one of the less successful like NBA brothers. It's like Zoran or something. It is yes. Zoran. It is in fact Zoran. <laughs> <sighs> they just were both on the roster at some point. That Jackson Mahomes has got to get. He's got to get. Look, he's another six six body. I he's mean, why not? Then Pat is. He's taller than Patrick. So hey, I mean. You know, uh, he's going to get on the Pacers, active roster before Jody before Jody Fordson. I, I was yeah, I was just going to say the Indiana Pacers have the Holiday Brothers. I mean, it's it's yeah. not uncommon. You know, it can happen. Listen, if they're going to do it for Tommy for Tommy and Johnny Townsend, I just th- I think the Mahomeses have at least earned it. You know. Um. Anyway, I don't remember former, where former else we former high about. school basketball star and just throwing some fade routes. That's listen. You can always use another six six body. I mean, you're exactly right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, I wanted to ask Seth about the linebackers last week because that was the one topic we didn't really get to from the Falcons <sighs> game. Yeah. But but now Seth is gone doing a way more important did audio see, medium. So did you see what did you see what he did though? He knew you wanted to get to that, but then he kind of threw out an AFC who you got. Yeah, uh, right. We did an AFC power. He did a smoke screen on us. And now he's so disappeared. Silly. So silly. Can you at least give us, can you give us the thing that you noticed towards the end of the game and tweet it out in terms of linebackers? When at that oh. point, Anthony Hitchens is on the COVID list. Yes. Uh, uh, Damian uh, Wilson. I want to call him Damian Williams every single time. All the time, time I still. know. 
<laughs> Damian Wilson has been hurt for a while, but you said he's working, working four, his way back. Yeah, four weeks. Yep. Dorian O'Daniel had been out for a long, long time. He's on his way back now. Yep. And Ben Neiman left the game with an injury, did not return. So then what was happening at the end of that game with the linebackers and how how ready to overreact are you? Oh, just incredibly ready to overreact <laughs> because I texted the gentleman in the fourth quarter because there's a trend that I kind of wrote about with uh, Willie Gay uh, a couple weeks ago on The Athletic. You should obviously check it out. But look, people want to free Willie. I get mm-hmm. it. Like, he's so talented. Um, does he have the playbook figured out? Or he just sees ball wants to go get ball. But that's it, the thing, man. I mean, he he's so good at it. He does it so fast. You know, he's so good at it. Like, there are a couple snaps in the first half where it's like, Willie, where are you go? Wow, he's by the ball, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Had a, I don't think that was in the play call based on the alignment. That can't be your assignment. But, you know, he got a tackle. I mean, it's just like, yeah. what, what are you supposed to say? So, um, clearly, Steve Spagnuolo is a control freak. And... <laughs> And Willie Gay is really, really talented. Now, he got better as the game went along, and that's really cool to see because that's obviously the progress you want from a rookie in the latter portions of the regular season as you get ready for the playoffs. Because I do think he is important. Like, just have as many athletic people who can tackle really well on the field. He is one of the better 11 that you have. Mm -hmm. But there's a trend. In the fourth quarter, and this was not technically the case because the Falcons were never down two scores, but against games like uh, the Saints and the uh, Miami Dolphins, it was clear as day that they have to pass the football now. They can't be a balanced offense. It's the fourth quarter. Air that thing out. Mm-hmm. And then Steve Spagnuolo would take Willie Gay, who is known for his athleticism, his short tackling ability, and his and his true gift, which is I can stay in the window. I can stay in the picture when it comes to being around an NFL tight end, or even being around a running back. For whatever reason, Josh, they take him off the field in these dime packages, and they're rolling with, yes, maybe who's someone, yes, someone who's more comfortable and has full knowledge and master of the playbook and Ben Neiman, or they're having, you know, these combinations of Dan Sorensen kind of being the second linebacker, but like, Sometimes you just need a linebacker on the field uh, who can run sideline to sideline when you know the team's passing the football. So it was shocking to me <laughs> that Darius Harris, mm-hmm. who I know some people are right now. Hold yeah. on. Oh, word, he is on the roster. Yes, he's on the active roster. Darius Harris, mostly known uh, for being a really talented college player at a smaller school. I think it was Middle Tennessee. Um Pretty good on special teams, all things considered, based on talking to Dave Tobe. Um, he had the green dot. Josh. <laughs> they don't give, the, like, does everybody need to be on the COVID list for, for Spagnola to be yeah. like, all right, all right, yeah. Willie, take the green dot, call the plays, line up everybody, you know, call the, the adjustments for the, mostly for the defensive line is what I tend to take from what I've learned about this defense. Like, Anthony Hitchens' job is the front seven, and sometimes he communicates with Tyron Matthew. But Tyron Matthew is so freaking good at football. He can kind of see it, and he manages, obviously, the secondary's responsibilities, which is understandable. He's a star, strong safety. He knows where everybody should be. Um, You know, and so mostly Anthony Hitchens is, like, dependable is the best word to describe him because he's, 
He's gotten to a place where he's not a he's not a liability. He's not Brian Erlacher either. He is dependable, and you're gonna need that come January. But Josh, did it surprise you that they gave that role to Darius Harris, or for the fact that maybe they don't practice with Willie Gay with the green dot, or that they don't trust him to get the play call in? Look, I'm I'm speculating at this point. I'm not reporting necessarily. These are all like legitimate questions. But it was surprising to be like, huh? In the fourth quarter, when he's already forced a forced fumble by the mm-hmm. by the box score, it may have been luxurious, I know. But he's having a good game. Why? Why we? They they rolled with Darius Harris and got away with it. I this is not a joke, and I under I understand that what I'm about to say like has a million sort of practical issues with it. I legitimately thought we were probably going to see Dan Sorensen wearing someone else's helmet that had the green dot on the back or even a Tyron Matthew, somebody who at least like knows the defense enough that I think generally speaking, Tyron Matthew knows what the defensive front is doing. And if he's got to really run around and set up those guys and then backpedal, I think he could do it in a pinch. I thought that was going to happen by the time Ben Neiman went out. I was prepared for Ben Neiman to have the green dot. I was prepared for Ben Neiman to run the middle of the defense and all that stuff. Yeah. Whatever whatever it was. Yeah, that's what his skill talent is. Is he's he's better in the middle of the field, so Willie Gay can run sideline to sideline. Yes, it, it, that that's one of the reasons that the way Ben Neiman's been used for a large part of this year has been so confusing slash frustrating. Is he's either blitzing or in coverage in all these spots? Like, wait a second, but if Willie Gay could just do that, that would be better for everybody. But no, no, no. But that's fine. Whenever Darius Harris got it, all of the all of the things that I wanted to talk myself into and just being like, well, you know, I mean. Willie Gay's got, like, no on-field NFL experience. And, yeah, you can only get it by getting it. But, you know, I'm willing to give a lot of that benefit of the doubt. And then I just, it was it was Darius Harris's defense there in the middle. And I just don't, I just don't know anymore. Like, I don't want to guess. I don't want to try to figure it out. I don't know, man. Willie Gay will probably play next year, probably. But the thing that, the only thing that kind of is, like, actually, this is, this is a, a, a legit question that, that right. I, I think you're probably going to be more level-headed about this than I am. Because the, the follow-up question is, are you worried about Willie Gay in the defense? Because here, here's here's my thing. I have caught myself feeling some of the Dorian O'Daniel questions really bubbling up and just being like, so wait, can this dude just, can he get on the field? And I know it's different. But I mean, I think O'Daniel was a fourth round pick, if memory serves. He was he was a third round pick, sir. Was third he really? Round. Oh yes. man! Oh, that makes me more nervous. It's really not fair because it wasn't that wasn't a Spags pick or what. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't a Spags I, I pick. Think... But they 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 reached for a smart, locker room safe, speedy, um, core special teams player like a like a Matthew Slater, but in the third round. <sighs> And I just ended up getting to that point of like, you know what? I'm just going to assume we're not going to see this dude. And if I'm ever wrong, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm not there right now with Willie Gay. I I, I really think that gun to my head, like I think he's probably a, oh, I was going to say starting linebacker next year. I think that's moved. I think, I think he has I, to be. I think, I think, I think. Over not to cut, not to, not to cut you off. Seth, no, but I, mean, I but I think feel better from a, from an asset you know, that you've used, you, I don't care if it's the late second round. He's, he's too talented. And so I think there would be a real, 
there'd be a real struggle from a front office perspective that said, we scouted this guy. And yes, it was an unprecedented year with no OTAs, mm-hmm. no mini camps, no regular training camp where, as Willie sort of alluded to this a couple weeks ago, he missed over at least 100 reps on the field because of, because of COVID. That's fine. Um, if we get through this um, perilous time as, as, as quickly as we hope next year, um, because he's played now, you can't use that as an excuse from a coaching staff standpoint. At least I think that's what the front office would present. Like, hey, um, Damian Wilson may not be here next year. Um, ben Neiman may not be here next year. People forget he a free agent. Um, we drafted him in the second round because we could sort of see the future play out a certain way, and he probably needs to start barring something really unforeseen happening between now and, and, and the start of the 2021 season. I don't think there's any way and Steve Spagnuolo can't go to the to the thought processes of I don't play rookies unless I'm absolutely forced to. Mm-hmm. And some people have acknowledged that if you really think about it, that is indeed the case. He is he is a traditional coach who is really good at adjusting in game and he's clearly won two Super Bowls because he knows what he's doing. This is not a Critique of Steve Spagnuolo, this is just who he is. Mm-hmm. Well, Willie Gay is a second-year player now, and you can't get away with that. And what you would hope to see out of Willie Gay is what has kind of happened with Traverius Ward, where he had a real uptick in the second year mm-hmm. because he was playing more, because he mm-hmm. had to be on the field based mm-hmm. on your roster construction. And I think that will be the front office move to Steve Spagnuolo next year unless they draft some – freak linebacker in the first round and choose not to play him either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't feel like I'm being completely rational in any of that, but there's a little bit of that underlying admittedly irrational oh, I, I fear I could, of I like I completely understand it. Is this dude going to I don't know. I it's just and th- listen, this if if he's not playing this weekend, then all sorts of questions can come back around just like oh, you really don't want to see him, huh? Like you don't even want to see him in a game that doesn't matter. Like I I don't know. Again, I, I don't think it's all rational, but it's something that I've caught myself thinking a couple of times now. And last last week they had no linebacker. I mean, they gave the dot to Darius Harris. And that, you know, the, the, the green dot means more. It was obviously, we, we also haven't, I don't know if we've clarified this yet. Green dot is the one guy that can have a, that has a speaker in his headset. Yes. Um, traditionally, Mike linebacker who can take the signals from the sideline, just like the quarterback does. You're the phrase quarterback of the defense. Most people probably know that, but not everybody does. Um, so that that's where the, the, the green dot is just the speaker in the, in the headset. Um, and listen, if the big critique and concern for Willie Gay is that he doesn't totally know the defense yet, that's one of those things that typically you're not going to hear us out here in a regular week saying, give the green dot to Willie Gay. Cause no, give it to Anthony Hitchens. But whenever he's right. not out there right. and Damian Wilson isn't out there and Ben Neiman and ben isn't Neiman. out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. I know. I know. So either Steve Spagnuolo is a defensive mastermind who is not showing his most talented 11 man on tape until January oh. or Steve Spagnuolo has a track history of not really wanting to feel like he has to use rookies unless like he's literally forced into the situation. We're probably in the latter portion. Again, things could change. Maybe he's out there in January on certain, you know, positions, formations, yeah. personnel, but yeah. you know, don't 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 I'm not guaranteeing it. Um, what, 
One other thing I would say about this, Josh, and this is really mm-hmm. going to frustrate you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm so excited for this. This will be fine. It's, it, it's one thing for you to see it like we've seen it with Willie Gay. And again, I don't think Willie Gay's made a mistake in four weeks now of, of real action. Yes, small mistakes, technical things, but like not where he was not where he's supposed to be. And all of a sudden, the opposing offense is taking you know, a great advantage against you. So all I'm saying, Josh, is Dorian O'Daniel returned to practice this week. Yeah. Dorian O'Daniel is going to be on that playoff roster if all things go well. Yeah. If we don't see Willie Gay Mm -hmm. at 70% of the snaps on Sunday, Mm -hmm. it will not be Willie Gay's fault. I, I, here's how broken I am with the chiefs and athletic freak linebackers. If Dorian O'Daniel gets a ton of reps this weekend, I'm gonna be fine with that. Let's 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 know. Let's find out. Let me finally okay, see with my okay, my own okay. eyes. Cause cause I think there's still here's the thing. I think there's still a chance that Dorian O'Daniel's good at football. I'm holding on to that because I haven't gotten to have it proven to me at any point in these last, I don't know, 15 years. years that he's been on the Two. roster. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I will say this: Darius Harris did not play poorly himself. He's no, just fine. he just doesn't have the tools that you need to be a top, you know. He's he's not Anthony Hitchens, is what I'm saying. Um yeah, now he was Johnny man. He was Johnny on the spot um when he got the fumble recovery. Although um after the game, Willie Gay was like, he's he's clearly not the fastest linebacker in the in the room. Cause because <laughs> no, he's not. He, he no. that probably should have gone to the house the more I yeah. rewatched it, and I was like, ooh, why? Dang, Darius, he just wasn't he, – he he got the ball, and you could tell. It was like, oh, my God, I have the football in my head. But it's like, but you need to hit top speed immediately <laughs> to get mm. to the house. And he had a chance. He really did. He, he was shoestring tackled in a way that Willie Gay would not have been had he had the ball in his hands. <sighs> let's, leave, let's leave it there. Um, one last thing is I feel like just for tradition's sake, we have to predict the Chargers game. We Woo! don't know who's playing in this game, uh, but but is there anything we haven't mentioned yet that you're going to be interested to see? We've talked about a lot of a lot of individual guys, and I'm all about that. Is there anything else that you think could be kind of interesting and uh, totally arbitrarily, totally uselessly? What do you think is going to happen with with <laughs> Chad Henney and the B team against Justin Herbert and the B team? I am interested in Mike Dana. Keep an eye on him because he's been playing yeah. pretty well Good lately. Call. And because he's a rookie, he, 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 you're going to have to earn your paycheck, sir. Yep. Um, so he's another guy that I, I don't think we've mentioned. But, like, he's played well. Let's just see where he goes with his uh, maturation as an NFL rookie. Um, Give Tershawn Wharton uh, Chris Jones' snaps, too. I mean, like, ooh, let's, let's I'm, see I'm, I'm happy to see him in whatever role yeah. he can get also. Yeah. yeah. I, quietly, I don't think Frank Clark, Chris Jones, or Alex Okafor should play. Agreed. People forget Alex Okafor got hurt last year. He also he got hurt in December. He also did not play in the postseason last year. So yep. For Alex he got hurt Okafor, earlier this year twice, I think. Yeah. Yes. No. But yeah, that didn't carbonite. Yeah, with hamstring injuries. So yeah. For guys like you know uh, Juan Thornhill and Alex Okafor, they 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 should they have been rewarded enough to to focus on the playoffs and. Uh, it's starting to look like Alex Okafor is starting to get into a rhythm because mm. if if you get three guys playing at a high level, because Frank Clark starting to get on a little bit of a rhythm, um, you know, that that bodes well for you. So, yes, Mike Dana, Tershawn Wharton, 
and Colin Saunders. Let, let's see what you got. I'm going to say, for the record books, the Chiefs will go 15-1 and one somehow. Yes. I, I don't know who Justin Herbert's throwing the football to, but LeJarrius Sneed going to be out there. So, Chiefs 20, Chargers 19. They somehow lose on a on a missed PAT. Oh, oh I love that. Um, I don't, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I've picked against the Chiefs this year. I'm not sure this podcast has picked against the Chiefs this year. <laughs> and that'd be a very, very Homer thing to admit if they weren't 14 and one right now, because actually right, right. we've been mostly right. Uh, but yeah, I'm absolutely, you think I'm going to stop now? I'm excited to see Justin Herbert, uh, as you know, the, the second best quarterback on the field instead of the third best quarterback on the field. Cause Chad Haney <laughs> is going to throw it to whoever is out there. Ricky Seals-Jones is catching a touchdown. Darwin Thompson's running one in. The Chiefs are putting up more points than they did against the Falcons with their real offense last week for reasons <laughs> I do not know and cannot explain. <sighs> Chiefs 28, Chargers 27 on a last-second fumbled kneel down from the Chargers. The snap gets fumbled. Uh, Tershawn Wharton punches it down the field. And then, uh, yeah, you know what? Then Dan Sorensen, who's still playing at the end of that game, <laughs> runs down there, scoops it up, and scores uh, as the Chiefs were down uh, by six at that point. The Chargers failed to kneel it out on the last play of the game, and the Chiefs went on a defensive touchdown. For more on the game all week, you can check out both sides of the uh, of the deal from the, the Chiefs and Chargers' perspective. You can check it all out in The Athletic, plus Seth, who has left the show once again, um, yes. not permanently, just for this episode. You can check out his work. <laughs> Both what he does in The Athletic and in the Chief of the North newsletter. You can follow all of us on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan, uh, at ByNateTaylor, and at JB Briscoe. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and have a wonderful New Year. We will talk to you sometime in early, early 2021. Uh, Nate, I'll let you wrap up this year. That's really, you know, that's, these have been some unprecedented times. And, uh, and I, there's no better way to wrap this up than I hope someone hit play at, at uh, ten fifty eight or whatever p.m. on New Year's Eve to uh to to let these be the final words they hear in twenty twenty. Oh, Get inspirational, yes. Nate. Please ring us in to twenty twenty one, and I will just say, in these unprecedented times, some things <laughs> must stay the same. And if you think. Dan Sorensen ever took a day off in his life to get to where he is? You have been poorly mistaken. I would be more concerned if Dan Sorensen sat than if he wasn't out here playing hard in the gym, in the playbook. Dan Sorensen is going to be a god on Sunday because Dan Sorensen does not take a day off. That's how you make it in this league, kids. Be more like Dan Sorensen in 2021.